Aw, new intro, fellas. That's right. It's another one. Hey, today on the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast, we are talking about... You forgot already? That's a dramatic pause. That's a dramatic pause. Do you like the pause? I was just making sure you didn't forget. (laughs) No, Bali has a new law, or they they want it to be a new law, what, by 2025? Is that what it is? Indonesia. Uh, Indonesia. Which Bali's in Indonesia. Well, it came from Bali. It came from Bali. Oh, okay. So we're talking about their new law where you are not allowed to have sex unless you're married, and you get a chance to quiz me on how I actually think about that law and everything else like that. Now, with that said, you're listening to the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast, guys. Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast is brought to you by zealcigars.com, Z-E-A-L-C-I-G-A-R-S.com. You know, one place to find some of the best cigar deals on the interwebs. So uh, real quick, this this came up. We were, we were researching some things. We are thinking about doing something different uh, for the podcast, and this is trending now. This is a big a big trending thing and because I think a lot of tourists go to Bali, and a lot of people are concerned that tourists can't go there and so on and so forth. But this isn't for the tourists. This is for the residents, right? Yeah. So basically, the, the their parliament um, recently just added a law that basically states that um, it is a new criminal code that bans sex outside of marriage and is jailable up to a term of up to a year as punishment. Um, but I think that also includes, and I don't know, I have to double check in Indonesia, but I know some of the other countries that also do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't even live with somebody that you're not married with. So, so let's married to. Let's talk about this for a second. Let's talk about this. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is There's kinda, a common theme on this too, and we'll get to yeah, that. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what you think about it because I have I, I might have a little different opinion than you do about this, and uh, it's it's really interesting. It's timely for me because, you know, I've I had this conversation with a young man uh, this past. Uh, that last past couple of months, to be quite frankly, about what was it was it was it mean to live together before you get married, and how does that affect your marriage and everything else like that, and uh, and so I, just so you know, I'm I'm pro not living together before you get married. That's that's a pro thing for me. That's a, that's a that's a big pro thing. Let you guys say it's uh, because because of my faith, and I'll definitely tell you it 100 percent is. But the stats do bear out that if you live together before you get married, you usually have more marriage problems. You know that that you can go look at the stats on that and everything else like that. So I'm not I'm not telling you anything you probably guys don't already know or heard of uh, in statisticians before. So when it comes down to this though, in particular, making it a law, um, I don't know that I'm pro that law. To be quite frank with you, you know, um, I don't know that the government necessarily should uh, be in your bedroom. Uh, I think the government needs to uh, stick to defense and streets. That's that's my big the big thing. I've said that before. Uh, but when it comes down to uh, morally putting a code in there, I think they did this because they're Bali's majority Muslim. Am I correct? That that's what I was saying. That's that's the common theme between all the other countries that seem to also have this law. This has to be part of Sharia law, then. Uh, only in some countries. Okay. okay. Like like for example, um, so Sharia law really only exists in countries that aren't predominantly Muslim. For example, like predominantly are are not are not predominantly okay because Sharia law gives them the ability to practice Muslim law on a land that's not predominantly Muslim. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so like for example, the the um I think one of the examples was um this is new to us. We're we're, oh the Sudan okay in Africa okay uh so the Sudan is under Sharia law. Okay. For certain, I don't know if the whole country is or just certain areas. Okay. But in this particular article, it was talking about um, how uh, premarital sex and adultery are punishable by stoning and and the accused to death, essentially in wow. in the Sudan. Wow. Yeah. Well, you you thought that 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 uh, that that late night booty call cost you something, boys? It can really it, definitely cost you something if you cost you in, being stoned to death. Yeah, for sure, sure. And I don't mean when he says stoned, he doesn't mean literally like stoned out of your mind on weed what he means literally is uh the practice of stoning is when you have somebody uh basically in a corner and a a group of you know accusers or what have you would throw large rocks at them until they're dead so basically that's that's essentially what stoning you know is if you would so uh, there's many 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 examples of that in scripture actually in in the christian bible so uh, it's it's really really interesting, you know. In, in oh that, no! So sh- Sharia law is like their law of like their base of religious beliefs. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. I didn't think it exists in non-predominant, you know. N- well, 
that's where you hear them talk about it the most, right? Like because they want it, right? Because they want it. Because there's a there's a bunch of different things in Sharia law that exist, including the um, basically giving them freedom from from governing the, bodies, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So they could claim, you know, I'm, I'm Muslim, and so under Sharia law, I can do this. Yeah. You know, in in that regard. So, um, so what are your thoughts on this? What are you, what do you what are you thinking? You know, in in this uh, in this regard. So I I think it's interesting that. At least, at least I haven't done enough research on it. I think it's interesting that that's one of the only religions that actually still stands by that as being something that they would punish you by killing you. Mm-hmm. Now, America has a different punishment for divorce. It's called alimony. You know, it's, <laughs> we really do. So, I mean, it's it's really interesting that you know we have we have different laws here, obviously, and um, America does not. I don't know if there's parts of America that, that well, and it's like if you're Sharia if you're law. Jewish and you live in the Middle East and you you do these things, like are you killed? I don't know. You know, that's what I'm saying. I don't yeah. know of very many other religions that are that serious about it to the point of like you you will die. Well, let's go. Let's go through some of the let's go through some of the you know the issues and everything that are on the table here. This is premarital sex and living together. These are the two, the two before things. Before being married, correct. Before being married, essentially. And they're doing it to stave off the divorce rate right now, correct? Uh, that, I, I don't know what their actual reasoning behind it was the, 100% outside of their, that's their belief, you know. And, well, but, I, you I know, know that, I know that, the, so it, it, if it's true that uh, people who live together have a ch- greater chance prior to marriage. Um, but they don't really believe it, in divorce either. You know no, what I mean? No. Like they don't really get divorced. That's not a thing. No, they're, they're really not, not in the Muslim nations. I think that's, that's a really interesting um, take on things. And I'd be interested in, on your take on this uh, as an American hearing this, uh, send us your, send us your thoughts via email to cut light and smoke podcast at gmail.com. It's all one word, cut light smoke podcast at gmail.com. So when it comes down to it, what what do you think the ramifications will be? They, they said this doesn't apply to tourists at all. Yeah, meaning yeah. If, you, if you take your girlfriend that you're not married to on vacation to Bali or somewhere in Indonesia mm-hmm. or even one of these other countries, Egypt, Pakistan, you know, any of these other countries, that you're not, they're not going to ask you before you get there, are you married? Okay, you're not cool. You have to stay in separate rooms. Right. It's right, not right. going to apply to people visiting outside the country, only people that are from the country. From what, do you, what do you think that does to tourism, though? Because 5% of, of Bali's gross national product, I think, is tourism. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big percentage. I think I think uh, initially people are just going to see the initial thing and, and, and act sporadically just because of what they initially see the shock value, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but I think once people read into it and they realize it doesn't really affect them, mm-hmm. um, I I don't think it would matter. Don't you think it would affect people just by being tourists, though? I mean, if you're if you're a tourist and you're with a woman, a I, man I guess a woman that de- it's not your it's not your wife, and they find that out, you know, or something like that. That that becomes kind of a shaming thing, or it, you know. I guess it could it could if I was a local person and I saw that. And I knew that they weren't together. Like maybe I met a dude in a bar and they had a conversation. As a local person, I might be upset that somebody could come visit my country, stay with somebody they're not married with. But like I can't take that bartender out for the night because it's against the law. Well, you can take him out. You can't have sex. Well, with well you can't sleep. You can't stay yeah, over. You can't. Yeah. You can't stay over anything and that thing. So it it definitely ruins the bar scene. You know. Well, in, and in, uh, what's in it Bali. do for 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 like do single dudes or single women that go over there and are looking to have an experience or find somebody right you 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 almost can't right right so it it plays in it plays into the question is is sex before marriage necessary before you marry somebody is it necessary yeah. absolutely not yeah well that, that's my question yeah is is it is depends it, on who you're asking i guess well i know that, that that's part of the that's part of this whole thing is that you know the 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 law took such a hard a hard uh you know, curve on this one where they're going, no, we don't want to have anyone having sex for their marriage. And and part of it from what an article I read was they are trying to stave off the divorce rate. They are trying to stave off adultery. They all start, they all trying to stave off some of these things that are naturally happening all over the world. But one, one of the things that, that is, is not happening right now that, that it's kind of a dovetail off this thing is children are being born um, at a, at a much, much lower rate than ever in history. Like less and less children are being born. And I think it was interesting because somebody just asked Elon Musk this question, what's one of the biggest things that uh, uh, the human race is going to be facing in the next, you know, five to 10 years? 
And he literally said it's depopulation. Depopulation is that more, more and more people are not having kids. And we, I mean, you see that, you see that continually, you see that in our culture or not as many. I'll say, I'll say not. I mean, the abortion rates huge, you know, everything else is, is, is happening to the point where people aren't having children in, in, in our culture. Would you say that it's more pro child or anti child? Uh, I would say initially a lot of people are probably anti having kids when they're as, as like, you know, 19 to 20, 25, you know, I'll say 19 to but, 40, but see, I, but the evidence in my circle doesn't support that in your circle. No, like yeah. I'm talking people I went to college with people I went to high school with. That's mm-hmm. two different high schools. That's two different colleges. That's me and my wife, both mm-hmm. who also went to two different colleges. My mm-hmm. wife went to three. Mm-hmm. So that's a big circle. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. There's a lot of babies, bro. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of babies. And but, I'm 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 the anomaly in that one without a kid right now. But based based on, you know, world trends and based on where we're at in history right now, the stat is that we're not having as many children as we did before. And yeah. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Well, it's you finance know. is number 1. Uh, you think people are are saying it's it's not a good time to have a kid? I think yeah, I think number I think one of the number one reasons that would stop somebody who wants to have a kid from having a kid is finances. I've heard that before. And I can I can I can cuz mo- I would say that I would say, I would be interested to see this. I would say the majority I would say 75% of people who have kids didn't plan on having the kid. Oh yeah, 100%. So with that being said, it's like it's it's kind of a weird thing to think about like because you can't plan for that. You, you're not planning for that. It just happens, right? So, well, I, I think so. It, it, is that number going down as far as the the amount of people that are randomly or, becoming pregnant or world worldwide population is is way down. Worldwide, it's not. We don't have a population problem. That's a myth. It really is a very big myth. In fact, I can't remember what the stat was, but that you could fit the whole world's population probably in Montana. You know, if you had to. I mean, Texas is big and so is California, but I mean, I don't know, dude, India is pretty big and they can't fit enough people in India, bro. Yeah. But those, those are urban circles. Those are urban circles. China too, bro. Like, but those are also urban circles. There's, there's a lot of land out there. Oh yeah. China's got tons of land that you can't get to in Mm -hmm. the mountains there for sure. So when you say, when you say things like, you know, um, population, we're, we're struggling with overpopulation and everything like that. Um, when we're not running out of resources, that's, that's a myth as well. We're not running out of resources. We're just not able to get the resources because of government control. That's one of the biggest things. We know that for sure. Uh, when it comes to coal, when it, some of it, there's been some droughts that have caused some big issues with crops these last couple of years. A, a few. Yeah. But, but I mean, when it comes to being able to feed the world and what we have and everything else like that, we can, you know, and we know that to be true. I mean, the, the processing plants have been been blowing up mysteriously, you know, like crazy. Yeah, the baby. But, well, that was baby formula. And yeah, I think like a, yeah. some I forget what the other one was. But do you, do you see that? I, I guess I guess the question would be, is there a conspiracy behind this that, you know, in the U.S. in particular, there's there's it having children is looked down on, if you would, versus pro child. Is it is it, is, no. it, is America becoming more of a. Uh, an anti-child versus pro-child. I would say they're becoming more anti-child. I would definitely see it from what I see. I I wouldn't say the country as a whole is becoming more anti-child. I would say that there's a generational dip right now where there's a, a a very selfish couple of generations of people that are um they they don't want to give up their life for something else. That's that's something I've that's something I would a hundred percent agree with you on yeah who are those generations then so well, it's, me- it's easy it's it's anybody right now that's currently pretty much 35 and younger yeah it's a, it's a the the younger millennials and then yeah. and then you're saying the uh gen z's yeah gen z's aren't having well, having kids as much and and that was the other thing too like my sister has a kid right right and um i have a couple cousins that have a kid right and i have a couple other cousins that have a kid but mm-hmm. not very many of them have multiple kids yeah. So what? How, so when you say one, are you saying one kid? Yeah. The yeah. only ones that have multiple kids were accidents. Like, oh crap, I uh, was in the no-no zone after the first one, or mm-hmm. you know, like the first six months or whatever, where they say don't because you're very fertile again. Um, That's weird. Never heard that before. Yeah. Like after you have a kid, like the first like so many months after, you're like a, a, a woman is extra fertile, so like you can you can conceive a baby again really easily. Oh wow. Didn't um, know that. Yeah. So. 
That's not what happened with my kids. But my kids are pretty far apart. What years? Yeah. I think the bigger conspiracy that I'm interested in is what are we putting into our bodies that's making men less fertile? That is a true. That is a true. As a men are men are typically less fertile, and we have. A I'm lot saying of problem. that being a heavy Mountain Dew drinker. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I see you got your big gut. Iron Infidel water drinker there. I'm yeah, assuming dude. that's not made, made made of Mountain Dew right now. There's no Mountain Dew in this it's giant just water, water just bottle. Water. Okay. But but when when it comes to children. You know, when it comes to population growth and everything like that, I think one of the things that I that I'm I'm greatly concerned about is one of the things that when you don't have more and more children being born, you have you have more and more legacies being lost. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, more and more, more and more men, you know, are, are more family you know, names, right, all that. Yeah, right, right. And so, one of the things that I see with this this law they're trying to do is really it, they're trying to go pro family with it. You know, we're in the sense that, you know, mom and dad need to stay together and everything else like that. And they need to have fidelity in their relationship, not just simply, you know, like somebody. And so I know all the problems with that as well. For example, there's a, there's domestic abuse or something like that. The, per, the person can't divorce somebody. And so there are problems with that. And I'm, I understand that completely. That's why I'm, de- I'm definitely not pro, you know, the law, you know, if you would. Yeah, I. it's kind of one of those things where like, I feel like it's going to get looked at really more negatively too, just because of of where the law stems from, mm-hmm. right? But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a terrible, terrible thing, right? Um, the only, the only, the only thing that I probably really differ from you on this is is um, I, I I understand the 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 concept of or not the concept, but I understand why you would not want to live with somebody before you get married. Um, I a hundred percent, I understand it. I understand the not developing, um, you know, selfish corks, not developing selfish habits. Um, also learning with somebody together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that wonder kind of stays a little bit longer throughout the relationship. Whereas like, you know, I was with my wife for six years before we got married and mm-hmm. moved in. Yeah. You know, when we built our house. I, it was like, we were already there. We'd already been there for six right. years, right. you know? So there wasn't a lot of that extra there was still some, but there wasn't a lot of extra growing. Mm-hmm. And but there's also a lot of individual um, things that get kind of stuck in their own ways as far as habits, quirks, things like that. Well, one of my one of my my pet peeves with that is that it's it you don't have any commitment to the relationship, you know. And, and there's anytime, it, could, it can any, make things squish, squishy yeah, for any, sure. Anytime you can bail, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, a lot of I mean, with with children that are born out of wedlock in particular. Um, a lot of times somebody can bail on them. The, the, the father, and you know, individually, I mean, he can just, he can bounce out. Yeah, not making right that commitment gives you the, a little more loose. And I've, I've, I've talked to countless women who are trying to hunt down the fathers, you know, yeah. for, for child support, you know, on that kind of thing. And when you're married, you know, and you're, and you're there, you're, you're obviously supporting the kid. Yeah. You have to, you know, in, in that regard. So I, I think, I think that's one of the, that's one of the things in our culture. It's not, it's not culturally appropriate to be talking about these things. I mean, in our culture, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a meetup, it's a meetup, hookup, you know, breakup culture. It just, that's, that's how it is, which is really prepping for divorce. I mean, it's, it's meetup, hookup. And if you like each other, then you have a relationship and then it doesn't work out. Then you break up, yeah. you know? And so you're, you're practicing for divorce versus, you know, people who talk about courtship and what have you and things like that. It's a very different thing to where you're saying, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to step, seep into the, you know, what culture teaches me about dating and everything else like that, which is simply you know, the hookup breakup culture, you know, and that, which is, a, again, like I said, I think it's a practicing for divorce, you know, you end up getting married while well, we can break up any, any time. But when you divorce, man, there is, it's so much more complicated than that from all my buddies have been divorced. It's very, very complicated. It's very, even if there's, even if one person has the, you know, the adultery card or something like that, someone, someone committed adul- adultery on that, uh, it used to be just very cut and dry, you know, very cut and dry. Like you committed adultery, we'll give you the person that caused the divorce and what have you. Uh, but now, I mean, there's divorce court, divorce lawyers and everything yeah. else like that. I mean, it's a big, big, big to do. It's a it's a multi-billion dollar industry, not to mention that. So, and how that plays into, you know, the, the stability of the nuclear family. If, if here's the question, if society is built on the nuclear family, which it is and mm-hmm. always has been, um, and, and that is becoming more and more... Um, Attacked and torn uh, apart and uh, ripped A hundred percent. I mean, we, we have um, multiple groups out there that want to destroy the nuclear family. It even says it in their mission statement. Oh, for sure. You know, that you all of a sudden have this have this group that is 
anti-family, you know, and, and we saw this trajectory back in like, I think the eighties and the nineties, more and more TV shows are coming out with like friends and, and people, you know, living together and things like this. And it became social norms, if you would. That's why they call that it 70s show. That's why they call it programming, trying to program something to you, you know? And so all of a sudden that, that it becomes very, very, very socially acceptable you know, in, in, in that regard for people to live together, passing partners. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, and the hookup culture became overwhelming probably early nineties into the, um, early two thousands. Now it's just, it's just commonplace that you just, well, you just live together before you get married. It's kind yeah. of what you do. I would say that probably started in the seventies. Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. The hippie swinger culture. Right. Right. But, th- but then you have this, this culture now to where it, it's, it's taboo to do what Savannah, my daughter did Savannah, you know, where she ended up meeting a guy, the guy came to the father, asked the father for permission and understands. And and that's, pr- that's pretty much conservative values, you know, if you would. So when people say something like, I can't believe you would put your son-in-law through that, you know, ringer, I said, well, that's because I'm protecting my daughter. You know, I'm protecting my daughters. You know, anybody who has to, has to come to me, and my son, I want him to be an honorable man as well. We just had a conversation about this on, um, when is it? Uh, I think it was Sunday. Sunday came and I had a conversation about this. And I said, listen, this is, if you choose to go this route, son, you know, this is, here's the, here's the problems that you can incur, you know, and I say can, because not everybody does, but you can incur and that there's a greater likeness, likeliness of this to hurt your marriage in the long run versus just the pleasure it produces in the short run, even if it's financial, if you would, yeah, even if it's financial. And I think uh, people, people, people moving to Phoenix in particular uh, or other places that are uh, high dollar places to live, um, They'll, they'll, they'll kick back continually and we'll, we'll go, well, you know what, who cares? I mean, it's financially feasible to live together versus, versus just getting, you know, getting oh, married. Dude, if this law went, if something like this went live in Ohio, oh man, you kidding me? All, so it's, it's like, it's like the people living together and not being married is like the easiest way for people to like, just absolutely manhandle the system. I was going to use a different word, but I didn't think it was appropriate. Explain. Uh, uh, t- yeah. Take, take, so take that apart for me. I have a lot of acquaintances of people that I would know where um, the woman would have one, maybe two kids by one or maybe another man. Mm-hmm. And maybe she's getting child support from him. Maybe she's not. Mm-hmm. And then she shacks up with another dude who works for like Honda, let's say, okay. or, you know, some factory job that he does very well, does pretty well at working at Honda is a good job. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and so she gets all the benefits for housing because the house and everything's in her name. So mm-hmm. she gets the benefits for being a single mom for housing. She gets the food stamps. She gets all the other assistance for the kids. Mm-hmm. She gets potentially the child support. And then she gets this guy's fat salary who's not paying rent mm-hmm. or anything like that. Not responsible for those kids because the child support's coming in from their dad. Mm-hmm. And then they're just absolutely raking in the dough. Don't you think that guy, <clears throat> in some degree is a little bit um i guess i i guess if he's if he's taking advantage of of it and taking advantage of the woman and living there for free and, and what have you um i'm not saying they all live there for free but right if she's getting help through let's say section eight or something like that housing sure. for the kids then he's probably not paying the mortgage because she they don't have to it's coming from somewhere else see this this is the issue i see it it, it just prolongs adolescence at that point so the, the, it's not his family. It's not, it's not his family. It, and, and, a, and a guy wants to have a family. He just does. Yeah. A guy wants to lead, you know, he just, and he just does. And but those, man, those, it's hard to do that when they're not your kids. W- well, not even yeah. that. It's hard to say, I want to step up and be the man because what it's going to take for you to do that mm-hmm. is it's going to take the sacrifice of that extra money that you're making and you're blowing on whatever you want to do. Right. And it's going to take an extra commitment of possibly even not even getting money from the other dad at this point now. So now you're supporting these two kids and that, and therein maybe lies the, ma- the major issue, Yeah, you know, is that there, there's a major, you know, um, prolonged adolescence problem with men in general that they simply, you know, they want to be boys, you know, and not take, cause, because I mean, pro prolonged, prolonged adolescence is such a problem with men today that we've we've met multiple women out, out here that are in their 20s and 30s that say I date o- older men simply because these uh, these other guys are just boys. Well, even and the older had, men ain't working out for them. Well, yeah. So let me just say this too. And then I've had younger guys here 
you know, that are like, they're split in their generation. They're like, I can't stand my generation. Yeah. I can't stand how lazy they are and everything like that. And they work really hard, you know, to afford the cigars that we sell, you know, obviously. So there's a, there's a sense where all of that becomes a, a, a tad of a conundrum, you know, in, in social services where you're like, how do we do this? I'll tell you how, how, how crazy it is. There's my, my wife runs a program um, for the, uh, the company that she works at where everybody in the company, everybody in the company, um, and this is, this is a corporate company. So everybody in the company essentially that has children, they're uh, from freshman to junior. Uh, if they all, if they pass all their classes, they get a hundred dollars per kid in the household. Okay. Oh, for, the for company, good grades. Yeah, for good grades. Oh, right? that's interesting. It's like an it's like an education initiative. Okay. Seniors get two hundred dollars, I believe, and maybe something else. I can't remember what it is. They get a backpack and some other stuff too. Dude, let, let me stop for a second. Okay. When a company that you work for cares enough about your family to give you an incentive to spend time making sure that your kids are doing well in school, who's doing that right now? Uh I don't know, but I know my wife's company is. That's incredible. Yeah. They're, in, they're and she's in charge of the whole program. That's Which is it, really cool. I mean, I, yeah, I've never thought about that before because I've mm-hmm. known what your wife does. We've mm-hmm. talked about that a little bit, mm-hmm. but I've never unpacked it to that point of like, dude, that company wants you to spend time with your family and wants actually th- this company is so awesome that I've heard of a family that um, that worked for the company in their corporate office that wasn't able to. Um, I can't remember if it was like a, a funeral or, or a wedding or some sort of event that they weren't able to get their family to quick enough mm-hmm. or find a flight for. Mm-hmm. This company lended them their private jet to yes. fly them there. The company's incredible. And it's, it's I mean, in a heartbeat, anybody want to work for them. Yes. Um, and and they, 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 take the, they take the best of the best. And my wife is actually one of those people. So I'm very proud of her and the, and the job that she does. But one of the things that comes up is can the uh, I believe the parents get a check as well. I can't remember if the, the parents do or not. But um, one of the things that I think is really yeah, I think parents do get a check as well. One of the things that's really interesting in that is that when somebody lives with them, what do we do? And oh. so 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 that was a it, it, I guess it used to be just, um, you know, if they live with them, they live together, the, the each couple. But it, now I think it's just the actual mother or just the actual father that that is the actual father of the kids and they and they have to be in the household. It, it throws everybody for a loop at that point. I think that, I think that was initiated. Um, the change possibly was initiated by my wife when she took out the program, you know, that I don't want to just be giving people, you know, uh, they, they didn't, they didn't have the kids. They didn't raise the kids or anything like that. And they're just living with somebody. I don't want to give them the benefit, you know, as well, you know, in this. And I, I guess without having to do this, a bunch of homework on this is uh, who, who's, who's paying for kids and who's not paying for kids and showing bills. And so they just went ahead and went ahead and did just the, the actual family member that, that is responsible for the kids or guardian, if you would. So if a grandmother or something like that's raising the, the kids, she would be a benefit fit too, a benefactor. So in, in this, in that regard, it really brings down to uh, the point and with this new law and everything like that um, is a candle can the new law for a nation like that be helpful? Can it be helpful in, in that regard? Mm. You know, I think what, I think what it does is I think I've, I've, I've some differing thoughts on it and I'm curious to what you think. Can it be helpful? Not, not is it or, or what, what problems will it cause, but can it be helpful? I think it can be, but I also think there's a big depends in there. I'm the depends guy, dude. Like, right, right. <laughs> not that I wear depends. I just, I just I'm always sound, gonna, I'm always gonna play that. the other side. I want to sign. I want to, I want to sound bite that. I'm the depends dude. I'm the depends dude. I'm the depends dude. Yeah, but uh, no, it depends on um, because like, it depends because. I would be curious as to what percentage of Indonesia already probably had those same beliefs Mm -hmm. and what percentage of them did not. Mm -hmm. Because the percentage that did not have them beliefs, uh, it's going to take some time. Well, that's what they said by 2025 when when it goes into law. It's going to take some time for that to, to, to... To become adapted to. Right. I would say. Right. uh, And to even be okay with. 
And I think with, you know, if, if you, if you're wearing, if you're raising a tradition, Muslim, a traditional Muslim family, a conservative Muslim family, I think you're not concerned at all. You're happy. No, exactly. You know, so you're saying good, this is good for us. This is good for, for the country. This is good for families. This is good for, uh, the, the nation as a whole. But here's the question. Yeah. What, what does it do when you take non-traditional Muslim families and, and force them to follow a law that they don't, they don't believe in? As well, and you force them. It, it'd be like a, it causes it, people to be very resentful of the of those specific people. Yeah, yeah, and we 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 saw how forcing religion on anybody, you know, can be absolutely uh, detrimental to the to the religion it's, itself. You know, we saw it multiple multiple times with multiple different religions, and not just Christianity, multiple different religions. Fact, yeah, I mean, states. there's multiple crusades. Yeah, yeah, there really is. So, I think when you're when you're thinking that way, and you're you're thinking about forcing that on somebody. Um, versus a general principle of society and there's, and there's societal pressure, you know, in, in regards to, you know, living together and so on. Mom and dad say, Hey, look, this is important. This is what mom and dad did. This is why we have a successful marriage. That's one, that's something that my, my kids can look back on. My wife and I did not live together before we got married and our first apartment, you know, we, we lived in together after we got married. Uh, that was something that took timing, took, took planning, took money, took preparation, things like that. And, and not to mention, you know, we had a lot of marriage, marriage counseling in that so much so that, uh, we were, we, we prepared everything, you know, as we thought, according to our faith, very, very biblically, you know, so that we could be set up for a good life. And I, if I, if I can talk about marriage in, in so much as somebody's done multiple weddings, um, I think one of the things about, uh, marriage today that, that is, is very different. You know, people plan for a day. They don't plan for a lifetime. They put all their money and all their hope in a day. And you're just celebrating a day. You're not celebrating a lifetime where the average mar- the average wedding is what? $50,000 or something like that. It can go up to Jesus, a hundred something thousand dollars. Yeah. So I, I, you're right. I think the average probably is North of 25,000 it, for sure. It, it's obscene. It really is obscene. Mine was nowhere near that. Mine. Yeah. yeah if yeah. you would. Dude, I, so, Dude, I I made out like a bandit, dude. Well, I think we did too. I mean, it was in a church, and the reception was in the church, and it was pretty pretty easy, and so on and so forth. And in, in that regard, because we went to the church, and yeah, I think we paid, you know, a couple hundred dollars to the pianist, and maybe a honorarium to the pastor. I can't remember. I'd be, if it was over five hundred dollars, I'd be I'd be surprised. You know, wow. I, I I worked at that church as well, so it's very very different. Um, but I didn't work there. But, well, I guess I did. Yeah, I did as an intern before getting married in the church. Um. But I, I think that that's, you know, and I, and the question is, if people aren't in the church, Bradley, well, then where are they going to get married? Not to, you got the justice of the peace. You have multiple people that can do marriages. I mean, shoot, you can get a certificate online right now in the next 30 seconds if you want. Do you want and me he, to marry you, bro? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and in order to get someone married. I'm so just kidding. I wouldn't do it. I, I think I think that's that's one of those, those questions people have. And when you put that in the law, I think you have the societal pressure of religion coming in and dictating to a society that doesn't necessarily believe in it. Yeah. You know what to I'm, do. I'm, I'm, I'm not big on religion being pushed mm-hmm. onto people. Right. Um, but I'm also not big on the American cop out either. Okay. Unpack that. Right. So like you have, so the U.S. went the complete opposite way as it pertains to religion, right? They're doing everything they can to slowly grab religion and pull it out of everything that they can pull it out of. No, no, no. I disagree with that completely. I think they're doing that with Christianity. They're not doing that with any other religions. Well, I guess I meant that in the way of like you can't say the word God in the Pledge of Allegiance anymore. Um, they're bleeping out the word Jesus and the word God in songs on video games and, and other places right. as well that's right um yeah. it's being filtered out and unless changed in tv shows word. unless it's used as a swear word yeah like jesus christ right like like you use all the time but the uh the, the what, I, what i'm what i'm trying to get to as is this idea to where like there you can say that and you can do that but when it comes to the attack on religious principles or ideologies the attack happens to be on christianity it doesn't happen to be like in, in the u.s it doesn't happen to be on on multiple religious sects now you'll, you might have Somebody naturally that says something like, you know, um, uh, Islam does this with women or, or what have you and so on and so forth. And that's but that's very rare. And then that's very quickly defended when it comes to Christianity, because it's been in America. It, we were founded as a Christian nation uh, because of Christianity and because of all the so-called harm or 
how far culture has gone differently. People now are, yeah, this is, this is, you know, you're, you're an old school, old head, you're a traditionalist and what have you. Those days are over. We don't need to hear your, your point of view on this. We just know it's bad and what have you. And so that's why people, when, when it comes to even debating things from a, from a, you know, a biblical point of view, people are like, well, you're just an old fuddy duddy or you're just an old Ned Flanders or what have you. That's all you are, you know? So, I mean, as a result of that, I can't, I can't, you know, it starts out with a, a negative, if you would. It doesn't start out with any, any kind of positive whatsoever. Yeah. It's always negative when it comes to Christianity. It's portrayed in the media. And you see that continually, you know, on multimedia channels all the time, in social media and what have you, that if you're a Christian and you post something, I mean, immediately that's that's what you get attacked on and so on and so forth. That's why we get attacked at zeal a lot of times. You know, people are like, well, I'm not going to buy from some, some, some Bible thumper and, and what have you and so on and so forth where – they they just they they throw us in a category that we don't deserve, but they'll say that continually. They'll say, "Well, you you guys are just a bunch of Bible thumpers," and I am a Bible thumper, and I do believe the Bible, and I do believe Jesus, and I do believe these things. But that doesn't that that plays more into how I treat customers, not not into you know how I run my business necessarily. You know, so it it, do, it does play into how I run my, run my business, but I'm not. You know, I don't. I, I serve everybody here. There's people who come in here who are complete atheists and are friends of ours and, and what have you. And they've been on the podcast before, so you know, I don't have a I don't have a a Geiger counter of spirituality that I, <laughs> that I, that I you know like the like the Ghostbuster thing. Yeah, you, you take beep, the beep, beep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you I, can't I pass. I don't do that. You know, so um, but I think that's a big a, a big deal. And I think what what's going to happen in Bali will be a, a great rebellion against this law. Really? Oh, absolutely. You think they will? Mm-hmm. Well, see that that also brings to the question of how much is the of the percentage of the population already feels that way. Well, the percentage of the population that feels that way, I don't think it's going to be a, a big thing for, like you said. But I think it's going to be a, a major thing. I think Americans won't travel there as much, although travels up between twenty eighteen and twenty twenty three ginormous to Bali. You know, well, yeah. As soon as the COVID restrictions lifted, right, everybody right. went wherever they could. And I I think this has major. I don't know. Major implication. We're going to see what happens on yeah. this. We're going to see what happens on this. Um, I, I don't think it's. I, I did like to, the fact that, like, at least Indonesia went with. They, it's not death, right? It's just punishable to, like, you know, some laws at the moment. Whereas, like, if you do it in, in, in what was it, Syria or not Syria? What was the other one? Sudan. Uh, Sudan. In the Sudan, you're yeah. stoned to death. So, so here's the, here's the crazy, crazy thing. If this was, if this was Christian saying this, it would be top news. It would be everything else. It would be, but because another religion outside of Christianity is saying something like this, people go, well, that's just their ideologies. That's just what they believe. So leave them alone. Yeah. You know, I think the closest thing we come to this is, uh, Christian universities that yes. have, um, real, like there's one called Cedarville in Ohio. Oh, I know Cedarville. Yeah. One of the strictest. Uh, I would say it's a Christian university. It is. Yeah. Um, I've been there many times. Like, uh, it's a dry. It's in a dry county. First of all, right. Uh, not allowed to have alcohol on campus. Uh, mm-hmm. They have curfews. There's not even. A, there used to not even be allowed rated R movies on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, your door had to be open if there was ever somebody from the other sex in there. Mm-hmm. Um, just cr- crazy for for normal people. It would be considered extremely like crazy structured laws right like but that's the closest that we really get to what we're seeing in other countries in my opinion i'd say more than cedarville there's a a university called bob jones university okay and bob jones university if i can remember is they have a 12 12 12 inch rule like bobby jones like uh the golfer bobby jones or like like an old preacher bob jones okay super conservative think westboro baptist type thing oh okay okay. i'm not saying these guys believe the same thing i'm just saying that they're that conservative yeah it gives me the idea yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so like they have a 12 inch rule i think that you you can't you can't just stay within twelve inches of a of a girl. Oh, okay. You know, on, on campus, um, they have a, a tremendous amount of you know uh, laws and rules when it comes to secular music, secular TV, secular anything, you know, on the campus and and what have you. And um, the the problem I see with that kind of stuff is it it creates a bubble that people think is a reality, and it's not a reality. When you get in the real mm. world and you deal with people. Um, they're not Christians, you know, not everyone's yeah, you don't, a Christian. You don't live in a cult town that, that you don't, yeah, it, yeah. You, your neighbor doesn't believe what you believe and, in. And, and not, not only that, but like, that's one of the things, that's one of the problems in going off to college 
when you go off to college, you're being indoctrinated and so on and so forth uh, with, you know, other values from people who aren't your parents and, and what have you. And you're trying to find yourself and it confuses a lot of kids. And they're kind of like, well, I, huh. my parents told me this, but now I, now I think this, and I'm not sure what to think about that. And they told me to listen to my parents and not be a free thinker is being stupid. You know, I don't want to listen to my parents. My parents don't know what's going on. And maybe they don't even have a college degree, you know, in that regard. So, which so, is, which is interesting because both Jamie, my wife and I both have college degrees. Yeah. You know, and so, but my, my son opted not, opted not to go to college. You know, my youngest daughter go to college and Savannah graduated from college already. So, but it was, but she went to a Christian university, which really didn't have a lot of strict laws. And it's a, and, it's but, a pretty loose one, I would say, but it, it's loose and it's not loose because there are some, yeah, they some have chapel service. Yeah. And it's a dry like campus. The whole yeah. campus is dry. Yeah. It's supposed to be dry. You know, good yeah. luck with that. Well, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, I got I got two questions uh, that that I would be curious about. Um, okay. Based off of what you said, do you think that attendance at a lot of those schools has went down? Like, I'd be curious to see. Like, um, are are those stricter uh, religious valued schools being um, not being patronized? Like, are, are kids not going there as much as they used to? So, and then the okay. the second question, uh, I'll have to try to remember. Well, I, I don't know the stats just off the top I, I of I don't head. either. I'm, it's just a, I, would, yeah. I would assume yes. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're a post-Christian nation, so we're not going to have people fighting for prayer or people fighting to, you know, put your kids in, into a Christian school or, or what have you. You're not going to have that. That'll be, um, and it, that's par for the course on how America's gone, you know. So the, the question is, and this, and I, we, can go on, we can launch into something different if you want, but uh, my idea about the education process of, of a child and how the state comes in and oh, runs that's that. a whole nother thing. Yeah, dude. yeah. So, but I, I think I think that's part of we've gotten used to schools raising our kids, yes. and not not us raising our kids. And so, essentially, what you have is a government coming in and telling you this is what you should do to raise a kid. You know, if you would. And so, as a result of that, you got parents frustrated like crazy going to PTA meetings, going, they're they're teaching my kids sex ed at, at the age of you know four and five years old in kindergarten, yeah, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So they have a lot of problems with that and a lot of issues in, in the public school system where they basically tell you, well, I'm sorry, this is the public school. We, we are government run. Yeah. And your, your opinion doesn't matter. Now it, it, it's supposed to matter. Okay. Because your tax dollars go to pay, you know, that, that educational process, but that's, that's a big thing. So I'm, I'm more in, in that educational process. I am all pro private education. I am a hundred percent pro private education. My kids go to public school, but I'm, I'm pro private. And and the reason I say that is because I can see the degradation, you know, and having to answer questions I would never have asked my parents when I was a kid. Really? Oh, never. Give, give me never. an example of one. Cause I'd be curious to see if it's something gender, I asked my parents. Gender fluidity. Oh no, I would have G- never gender asked fluidity. my parents. Yeah. That, that's just one of them. I mean, gender fluidity, my, 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 my daughter's in drama. So there's, there's a lot of gay and transgender kids in there. And so on and so forth. And I'm thinking, you're not even, you're not even thinking that, you know. And, and when they started thinking, thinking that was, and when they were programmed to think that or taught to think that was way, way back in elementary and junior high, you know. And I'm not saying that, that the school is purposely doing that or what have you. I just know it was, it was taught and it was, it was, the seed was planted a long time ago. And when you start planting seeds like that, kids get confused com- completely. And then when then you have a society that, that, ideologize I, when you have a society pushing you know agendas on kids and they have to answer for themselves and their parents can't answer for them or they're told to ignore their parents because their parents are old fuddy daddies or ned flanders if you would all of a sudden you have a society saying well these these parents are you know they're, we're trying to unbrainwash the kids that's been said in an elementary school we're trying to unbrainwash you for what your parents have taught you can you imagine someone telling you that you taught your kid the wrong thing I mean, I mean, you, you taught your kid the wrong thing. Unless there was something factually, factually out there that I just flat out didn't freaking know. We're not talking mathematics. Yeah, no. We're, 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 well, we're talking mathematics about, is a whole other thing, but well, I mean, well, and that's even weird too with the Common Core stuff they <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, I don't want to talk. Yeah, about it's mathematics. it's it's a weird it's a weird. Even you and I do math differently and come to yeah. the same conclusions. I I cut the chase to it though, you know. But the way that you were taught to do math is even different, and so it's it's a weird to to me what I've seen is a weird dumbing down. Even I can tell you this much. Uh, the the grading system is so much different than when I was in high school. 
I mean, the grading system from what, what qualifies as an A, what qualifies, it's lowered so much. I think it's like five to 10 points lower. What? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous that a kid can get a 69, you know, on a, and that's not uh, a, a D. Desk. No, no, that's a C minus now. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's weird. So I mean, I'm just, I, here's just a common question I, I used to ask when I, when I was telling my yeah, kids 70 this. was a C. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this. Ready? Do you want a doctor that got a 69 on his, you know, MCATs operating on you? Do you? Uh, I, I mean, when, when, realistically, you would, you, your first re- your first reaction would probably be a no for most people. 100%. But your, their talent isn't based on that test specifically, but I get what you're well, saying. What goes into their talent is, I mean, what goes to where to cut and how to cut and what to do and everything else like yeah, that. But it's that's just, not what they learn. They, they don't, that, that's not in the MCATs though, but I, I get what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. But if they, if they fail, you know, uh, traditionally speaking, if they fail the MCATs, I want the guys got the A plus on the MCATs doing the yeah. surgery on me, not the guys got the, you know, the, the, I just got through by the skin of my teeth cutting on me, you know, and I think everyone, when it, see, when it comes down to brass tacks, uh, it does matter in that in that regard. It does matter when it comes down to to issues. I mean, in the same way, I mean, there's 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 minimums to get by for driver's license, but you want a kid who's doing your Uber, okay, to have a good driver's license, right? You don't have points and drunk driving stuff on us. Yeah, that, 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 there's a reason we have standards in society. Well, it but they is. go through years and years of residency after they go through the MCATs in their specialty before they're actually put out there. You know what oh, I mean? So, right, right. But right. The, so it's interesting you said that though because the MCATs actually changed the way that they take candidates mm-hmm. so there's an average each time that the mcat is taken um i have a couple buddies that like took it like four times mm-hmm. um one dude uh had to take it because his first score was really really good but the the average on that specific test cycle was like literally points higher so he was literally at the bottom of a barrel on a great test and, score and maybe maybe that's not a great illustration but the the, the I, illustration I, still remains it makes sense it gets, yeah. you, you don't want the you don't want right. the hillbilly degree dude in there with a chainsaw cutting you open you want the dude that that went to freaking yale and you know went to yale medical school and studied at freaking princeton medical yeah, the guy's gonna, for 10 years before he started cutting people you know what the I guy's mean? going going to do my night my knee is a very well known yes very very accomplished he's, surgeon he's so well yeah. known and accomplished that he chooses to only do two a week right right <laughs> and so as and i had to, I have to wait my turn so I, I can't get it till april and he literally told me he says you can go anywhere else and get this done <laughs> but it's it gonna, won't be me fool. yeah it's not gonna be me it's gonna take you six months to recover versus me it's gonna take you six such weeks. a surgeon complex yeah. man but I, but I tell you what, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is I want the confident guy. I want the cocky yeah, guy. Exactly. I want that guy. So you're going to wait. Yeah. And then, and then when you look at everything he's ever done is excellent. Every <laughs> single person is, this is, this guy's amazing. I flew in from Yeah. And this LA. guy does it way from, different yeah. from what I understand. Yeah. hundred percent. So. so, I mean, as, as a result, that's who I went with. Yeah. You know, I went with, cause I, my knees are important and I want to have a long life where I have very, very few knee problems from this point forward. Um, I'm curious about something you said earlier. Uh, I had a. I wanted to ask. This is the second part of the question. Okay. Do you think that? <sighs> man, just say, it, dude. I'm. I'm just trying to think of the best way I want to word it. It's not a bad question. Um, do you think that sending a kid to a very strict um, Christian or religious based school mm-hmm. is um, a disservice in any way? No, because their scores Be- are ridiculous. Even because, their even scores, though they're in a bubble, you can't even. Well, here's the issue. That's what I don't mean for for what they're learning. I right, mean for right. their personal growth as a human being. Well, personal growth wise, I, I think you even if you went to a you know a high religious you know uh, environment, yeah. In that regard, you still learn things about yourself and about living with you. Because I, I think what college what college was meant to teach you a long time ago was how to live in the real world. You know, yeah. if you would now, it's not like that whatsoever. It's it's a it's a four year vacation that mom and dad pay for, or that you get a bunch of loans for, and they get strapped when you graduate. You know, so that that four year vacation becomes a real, real, and we have movies illustrating this like it's just the the best time in the entire world. It's not for a lot of people. In fact, more guys drop out of college than women that succeed. You know, mm-hmm. if you would, so more people are dropping out of college than actually graduate college uh, in our day and age. It's just true. You know, so when we, when we talk about men versus women and more women go to college than men go to college, my son's a great stat of that. He doesn't want to go to college. Why is that? When yeah, I, I didn't him, finish. When I asked him very specifically why, he said, I don't want to have a lot of debt. 
and I have a great job right now that'll end up paying me $100,000 in a couple of years. And why would I go to college when these guys are going to come out with $100,000 in debt and I won't have any? It makes, it makes a whole lot of sense. It really does mm-hmm. when you think about it. Oh, so, I never would have went to college if it wasn't for athletic scholarships. Right. There's no, right. And even then I had debt. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, I, I had a bunch of, I had a bunch of grants and a bunch of scholarships, but I think that the biggest, the biggest determining factor was I needed that for what I wanted to do. Yeah. I need, I needed college for what I wanted to do. Like yeah. To be a pastor and not have a college degree, it's, it's impossible. It really is. No one's going to follow you if you don't have a college degree and you're, and you're a pastor. It's, it's just, well, reality. if you can't, if you can't have legitimate fact-based civil conversations with people that have doubts or, uh, or even differentiating huh. opinions, yeah. then you're not going to be taken seriously. But but the, but the reality is most m- most Bible college students that graduate, if you would, uh, I don't know how many people that go into ministry can do that. They to be, cra- to be not quite many. Frank, yeah, to be quite frank, that, that they can't have a, a really open, honest conversation about their faith and the faith of somebody else they're, they're talking to, and have a respectful conversation without just throwing a bunch of stats at them and saying, like, I, I don't give any credence to anything you're saying because... Or getting you're, emotionally. You're, you're, yeah, or getting emotional about it and saying, so this, the facts don't stack up, you know. To be so sure about to be so sure about one's faith, you know, in that regard, and that's, <laughs> to me, I'm just going to be brutally honest with it. Uh, I'm very, very sure, you know, about what I believe, but the same right, I still, I'm still, I mean, you can't be an honest human being and not be open because that's what takes faith. Yeah. Does it make sense? You can't be an honest human being and be like, okay, so if you're, I'm willing to test, you know, all the things that I know and all the things I believe against facts. That's the big thing is that when people don't know the facts of why they believe what they believe, you know, that's where things really get screwed up. Yeah. They really are. Or they have a misunderstand, a misunderstanding about that somewhere or, but, I, but more people get, emotionally wrapped up into it versus just the facts that are there. Yeah. They, they really do. They get, and there's the emotional part of my faith. I'll, I'll agree with that. But the, but the bigger part of it is there are facts that stack, stack up a hundred percent that prove these things. Yeah. So the, the long and short of it is if it's, if it's a, a university and what have you, where a kid goes and it's, you got these strict Christian values or what have you and so on and so forth. Uh, I think that can be a good thing, but I mean, uh, kids will get into mischief wherever they want to go. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, in that regard. It just it, the the consequences are different. Yeah, you know, I was. There. I guess my thought was just more of like a. I guess it depends. Like, so my my little sister mm-hmm. um, was kept very much in a bubble. She went to a school where only like three kids, her and like two other kids, graduated. Very mm-hmm. small it was a, a church that. Um, didn't even do K through 12 originally, but ended up doing it while she was going to school there. And so she ended up going K through 12. Yeah. Um, but it, she, it, very different social, um, development. Well, but, so, socially is where, where it'll hit, it'll hit kids. Yeah. You know, socially is where it hit kids, but I don't know if it'll be, you know, um, but I mean, if you continue to surround yourself with the same kind of like-minded people that you would meet in college, even when you're after outside, right. that that's right. really the thing that matters the most. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. Well, what do you guys think about this? That's, that's something we want to hear from you on. Um, give us a, uh, drop us a line at cutlightsmoke at gmail.com. That's cutlightsmoke, all one word, at gmail.com. And let us know your thoughts there. And for the Cut Light and Smoke podcast, I've been Bradley the whole time. I think you've been JB the whole time, depending on... You know who you ask who listens to podcasts. And with that said, guys, we are out of here like last year. Peace. I won't tell anybody my alter egos. <laughs> <laughs>